right, riddle me this, Kev. What's one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle? What is it? What do you go for? Well, you might think power, but ultimately, from a smart and safe perspective, definitely the brakes. Yeah, no doubt. Upgraded braking systems can really transform a vehicle's performance and honestly give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. You know, from the track to off-road trails, even the morning commute, every single vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. And no matter what your vehicle or driving style, PowerStop has complete brake upgrade kits for you. So head to PowerStop.com, fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder to be matched with complete kits and components that are low-dust, noise-free, and feature upgraded stopping power. That's right. You could join the thousands of other drivers that have already transformed their vehicle into a stopping powerhouse today with PowerStop. PowerStop.com, brake upgrades made easy. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And man, we are fired up. I love the fact that the man we're talking to today lives way out the hell in Colorado. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I love Uh, it. You know, for a number of reasons. Uh, One, he's close to you. Yeah, man. For me, it means he's close to you. And he's close to, you know, all the other cool things in Colorado. The mountains, the streams, the snow. The snowboarding, the off-roading, yeah, you man. name it. There's a lot of great things out there. So it's another magnet pull uh, to get me over that way. Yeah, he's beating the brakes off of it, bro. He's right in that wheelhouse where it's it really is exciting, man. Every day, um, at least in Buena Vista that I've been there, it's an adventure. You can go, you can go left and right and pick your poison, man. There's all kinds of cool stuff to see, watch, witness, do, explore, ride. Um, you know, it's just a, it, it is a beautiful. The uh, backdrop to uh, to everything exciting. It it really is cool. Well, that kind of sets the stage. Uh, you know, I've known this guy, Doug DeLong. He's he's a good buddy of mine. I've known for I don't know twenty five years or more. And uh, you know, he's Florida, born and bred, flat ground. Went up to Detroit, but same time I did. Worked for the Big Three in the Arctic tundra of Detroit. And <laughs> you know, at some point, he's like, Psh, "This is crazy." This is crazy. I want some adventure, man. I want some outdoors. I want some action. And and sure enough, man, he he picked it up and moved it out to Colorado. And uh, man, our topic today is all about enjoying and ripping it up out there in that super awesome environment. Well, you know, you're right, man. It it truly is everything you've ever dreamt of. If you were big into say rock crawling, uh, four wheeling, uh, sand dunes, mountain biking, mountain climbing. Um, snowboarding, skiing, uh, it really does have a playground uh, unlike a lot of uh, the states you know, here in this great country of ours. I will say having a, a shop where you do everything, where you're, you know, you're inviting all, everything from resto mods, right? some guy in there in his first gen Camaro throwing badass LS power down, right? to a guy in an, an old FJ or you know, uh, some crazy modded up, you know, I got this old Bronco too, and I want to I want to put an LS in it just because um you know they really do it all in a in a part of the re- in region where you wouldn't necessarily expect to find this caliber of building in Buena Vista no absolutely it's a small town in the middle of the mountains um so you got to kind of work to get there but it is a go-to place not only for the you know all the things we talk about the outdoors the adventures uh but because of the shop well sorted uh, is building all the things that you talked about, and they are specializing uh, in a lot of key areas. Uh, you know, the, the, the modern powertrains. But what we love too is that marriage with the vintage chassis. You know, whether it's the yeah. hot rod 
or like you said, man, the, the Land Cruisers, the Broncos, uh, anything cool like the old Scouts. I love an old Scout. Uh, so it's really pulling that old school metal that we totally dig, uh, but bringing it to life. You know, we think about hot rods, you know, doing burnouts, doing track days, bringing it to life and getting them back out on the trail. Uh, but the other thing he's doing is adding that 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 other layer that, uh, you know, you and I just kind of did a build on the two guys show last week that should be airing out here before long, you know, overlanding. And if you don't know about yeah. overlanding, I mean, I'm sure you've heard of it, maybe the term, maybe it's a little bit kind of, what is that? You know, I've, it's been in passing conversation or whatever, but uh, what the heck is overlanding? And it's just kind of a combination of <laughs> off-roading, adventuring, uh, and ideally you're doing camping. So, you know, whereas I kind of did the uh, the toy hauler route so I can throw my dirt bikes and whatever else in the back and I can go with my little luxury box, you know, my little <laughs> house away from home. Uh, you know, sometimes it's cool to just take your your one rig, your truck, you know, your 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 Bronco, whatever, your Jeep, uh, throw whatever you want in that. It's got your tent, it's got everything and just go. Who cares where you're going to go, man? It's, it's an adventure and you can go anywhere. You don't have to go to a campground. You're not locked into something, you know? I think we've all witnessed the guy driving through town and you look over and he's got, and not only does the dude have a tent on top of his truck, dude's got a shovel, he's got a hijack, uh, he's got like a, you know, everything. You, you need gas cans, bro? You're in the middle of the city. You he's got a axe. shower system. Yeah, man. You know, like. <laughs> it's like, bro, where you headed? It's Tuesday, man. Calm down. Calm down. Um, we've all seen those vehicles and wonder if they ever really get out and about and actually use that stuff or... Is it just for, you know, the illusion? Well, this guy builds the real deal stuff. Can't wait to chat with him about it. And it, it really is an extra layer of excitement, adventure, uh, and, you know, kind of what gets that adrenaline pumping, especially having this, you know, scenery as the backdrop, having the mountains and different trails and forest roads you can go, you know, tackle. Uh, it really does bring a, a next layer to it, which I'm excited about exploring today. This is going to be cool, man. So how about we take a break? We come back, teed up. Douglas DeLong. It's all about off-road. It's all about overlanding. Uh, you're going to get a first-hand dive into it coming up next on the Two Guys Garage Podcast with Kevin Bird and Willie B. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. Oh, man, we are fired up. We have a longtime friend. I'm a boy, Kevin. And that means he's a longtime friend of mine, just by association. Uh, Douglas how you been, man? Welcome to the podcast, bro. Thanks, Willie. Glad to be here. It's, uh, you know, I live out near you out here in the middle of the mountains and uh, living in this cold, snowy day out here. Yes, yes, it is, man. But that's kind of your wheelhouse. Uh, it's kind of cool that you chose, you know, you chose this area because truly it is, you know, just a playground. And given what, you know, we've seen on your website, Well Sorted Automotive, you guys go check it out. Uh, it's apparent you really do embrace uh, that sort of lifestyle and love what different personality and persona comes from that type of demographic looking for that type of a build. It's not like they're rolling in with the F-250. You know, they're rolling <laughs> in with something unique, different, uh, and something that you're, I'm sure, finding it challenging to to interpret these new drivetrains and power plants into. Yeah, we um, we started this business kind of thinking we'd do anything pro touring, performance race, everything. And, you know, here in the middle of Colorado, it's been trucks. Trucks is where the market's at. <laughs> yeah. Trucks are where the customers are. So we, yeah. uh, we unintentionally became pretty much a truck shop out here. Yeah, man, it happens, dude, especially here in Colorado. But the trucks 
you really, you know, you're highlighting uh, are really just kind of cool builds that you'll find a lot of in the backyards of people here in, you know, out west, Wyoming, Utah, Colorado. There's an old scout, an old, you know, believe it or not, you can find old land cruisers. Hard to find a Bronco nowadays, but still, they're <laughs> out there. And this is a great place to, you know, bring them back to life. Yeah, absolutely. I um, I kind of fell into this because I got into Land Cruisers. I had a, a desire to build a camping rig and I was like, well, let me find some cool old vintage four-wheel drive. So I bought a 1986 Land Cruiser and uh, they had 130 horsepower stock. So I tried to drive it up by 70 one day. I was in the right lane with the flashers on. I was like, well, this ain't going to work. So uh, that led me down into the path. Well, let's LS swap this thing, which a couple of years later turned into a business doing this because everybody loves these vintage trucks, especially out here in the mountains. It's like, Hey, I want to go camping. I want to go overlanding, but I want something cool. And, uh, you know, like you say, Broncos, Scouts, Land Cruisers, all that stuff. People are just digging out here and we found a great niche, just taking them from folks and upgrading them and repowering them, getting them ready to go be adventurous. You know, that's kind of where our, our home has been these last, I guess, three years now. Well, everybody's, you know, they get excited about a new Jeep. It's all, you know, jacked up. It's got the wheels on. It's got the look. It's dressed up. It's probably a mall crawler. Uh, you know, the new Bronco. I mean, I'm kind of jazzed up about that myself. Uh, you know, so you always get heads turning on a rig that's set up nice. But, you know, a lot of those from the factory, the new ones, you know, they're pretty darn capable uh, for the most part, depending on which model you buy. And, you know, there's just a lot of dress up going on. Uh, you know, Doug, you're one of us, man. We, we, we're crazy. You know, we don't like the easy route. You know, we want to take something that just is extra cool. And if it takes a whole lot of extra sweat, equity, time, money, whatever it is, uh, we want to go that route. And you're going that route with, you know, taking some of these cool vintage classic trucks uh, and trying to make them as if not more capable than these newer rigs. And I tell you, man, I'm going to give about 10 times more looks and head turns uh, seeing an old scout you know, resurrected from, from the death, uh, and, and really kind of brought to and, and beyond where we are today with a lot of the new stuff, man. It just, there's just an extra cool factor that, you know, one, you're going out and you're having fun with it. Uh, but two, there's, there's the hot rodding side to it, you know? Absolutely. I, uh, I tell folks the story for me was I was looking at a new forerunner, right? So you go to the Toyota dealer, you buy the TRD pro with all the bells and whistles, and it's a super capable truck. But that's going to set you back 60K and then you're going to buy all the gear. You're going to put another 20K. So you got an $80,000 forerunner. And, you know, in a year or two, it's a 60000 In another year, it's a $40,000 truck. And then you're just one of those guys. They don't ever go below that. <laughs> they don't ever go below that. Not in 40. Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I looked at it and I said, hey, I can, I can spend that money on something cool with a lot of style. Uh, I can put the work in to put the engineering under the hood and under the body to make the thing perform just about as well. And I got a truck that, is going to hold its value and be really desirable. And, you know, every gas station you stop and fill it up ends up 20 minutes talking to somebody about what you're driving. And that's, you know, that's always fun. Is it the scout that you like the most? Is that what are the platforms you really like doing? What, what are the platforms? Cause I, man, I see scouts all over, even today. I, I know where there's three or four of them, you know, I know where there's a Bronco and a neighbor of mine and I'm going to knock on the door. Uh, we've talked several times about, you know, about getting, uh, those things are hot, but, is Scout uh, one of these brands that you know are, are still available and around? You can find Scouts. They're usually rusted out. Uh, they're really notorious for you know rust and rot in them. So we have probably most of our business, I'd say three quarters, Land Cruisers. And I'll tell you what, I'm I'm late to the Toyota party, but they are built like tanks from the factory. You know, when you look at the frames and the axles and everything, we've just been 
super impressed with what you can do on stock components. Uh, personally, I'm an old school Ford guy. I like Broncos, but uh, as you alluded to, Broncos are getting hard to find. And when you find Bro. them, they're not cheap. Hell no. Dude, you're, yeah, you're paying no 15 no grand doubt. for a carcass, bro. It's awful. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. if you're lucky. You know, it's crazy what those things are going for. You know, yeah. 100K, every one of them through any, you know, local auction or big time auction, uh, they're bringing six figures. Oh, it's Ford Bronco, 69, six figures. Started out there. <laughs> it's nonsense. <laughs> well, Doug, what, what's kind of your favorite uh, build so far? And, and I know I'm always changing. Day by day, what's my favorite car and this and that. But, you know, what's kind of a favorite uh, setup that you think is just kind of rocking, hits all the right bullet points? Uh, and then what kind of gear and setup, you know, for this overlanding thing? Uh, you know, I, I rode with you a couple years back. You had at the time, uh, very interesting for, for a lot of folks, it was a Econoline van, but it was an, what is it, E350, four-wheel drive. Uh, you know, so it's a four wheel drive van with full capable tires and everything else. And I mean, uh, we just kind of went off on an, an adventure through the mountains. We explored old mining towns and, um, you know, I, I totally dig the concept and, and in the reality of true kind of overlanding. Uh, so hey, hey, we should we should note had I been on that trip, I would have wrote free hugs on the side of it when Kevin was driving it. Uh, just, I beat you to it, Willie. Really. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, yeah, gas, grass, or yeah, no right. one rides for free. Uh, free candy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, tell us about you know what's maybe kind of an ideal cool rig, and then what's all the setup? You know, whether it's tents, whether it's you know kitchen well, stuff, guess the suspension you putting under it. Yeah, all that. Yeah. So I tend to lean towards sort of the mid size to larger trucks, you know, four doors are best is what I tell folks. Cause by the time you load them down with gear and you're like carrying a fridge and you're carrying other stuff, you really need some space. So while like an old FJ 40 or an old CJ seven looks cool, there's not enough room in them to do much. So we tend to recommend, you know, uh, like a mid eighties land cruiser or a Bronco. That's like a gen two or gen three full size scouts are pretty good. They're a little uh, on the short end, but not too bad. Um, two door versus four door depends on your family. You know, you got kids and a dog or whatever you want to carry with you, but a little bigger is better. But, um, reason we lay them for that wheelbase is nice. So you go like 110 wheelbase is a good length for kind of trails where you can make the sharp turns, but they also are short enough to climb over stuff and they're not, you know, unwieldy, like a long bed pickup truck. So we kind of start with that. Um, as you guys have seen on our website, a lot of what we do is V8 swaps, right? So Hallelujah. I'm all about a modern powertrain. I, uh, you know, Willie knows this. I live at 8,000 feet and five miles outside my door, the road is at 12,000 feet and uh, I can drive down to Denver and be at 5,000 feet. So you try to tune a carburetor to run in that and it just it's sucks. Awful. <laughs> so we like modern fuel injected stuff. Um, we don't want to deal with stink and smoke. We want to have, you know, good fuel economy and good performance, no matter the altitude, no matter the weather. So most of all our builds start with a powertrain swap for a modern trans modern engine EFI systems, you know, and, and we're not doing like crazy hot rod stuff. Cause if you're going to be out in the woods by yourself camping, you want reliability more than all out performance. So we kind of tend to stick with, you know, LS engines and GM performance or Ford performance controller systems that are proven cows and really good setups. So that's kind of the foundation for us. Um, suspension, 
depends a lot on the customer. Uh, I like if stuff is leaf spring front and rear, we tend to do a lot of coil spring conversions in the front for better ride and steering, a little better articulation in the rough stuff. Um, we don't do too many like rock bouncer buggies. That's not really our niche. There's certainly trails around here to do that, but that's a different market, you know, a different guy. He's towing that thing in on a trailer. He's going to play and break his stuff on the rocks during the day. And then he's going home at night. Crying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so what, what kind of accessorizing do most of these guys, or, or do they kind of do that on their own? Uh, you know, you're, you're, I'm sure you're part of different clubs and circuits out there. Um, and I'm, I'm sure there's different, you know, modes that you want to be in. Like maybe it's, Hey man, I'm just going out to do rock climbing and I just want to crash for the night and I want to be right there on the rock face versus, Hey, I want to really camp and I'm, I'm living that style just somewhere far out. What, what are kind of some of the things that, um, you know, people accessorize so they can, you know, support their activity. Most are in the, that overlanding bucket, let's call it, and it is camping gear, right? So the, the idea behind overlanding is self-sufficient travel and self-sufficient camping. So we do a lot of 12 volt systems, right? You put accessory um, switches and lights and all those sort of things. We put refrigerators in, there's 12 volt powered refrigerators we put in the back of trucks. Um, you can do all kinds of you know fancy solar systems and lithium ion batteries. So all that kind of stuff is basically you know a la carte, pick what you like, but it's usually built around the idea of I'm gonna go out in the woods. I'm not at the KOA next to Kevin Bird. I'm out in the woods, man. We are- <laughs> Smart move right there. <laughs> <laughs> We're deep in the woods away from civilization. You know, it's like antisocial engineers like me that are like, get away. I wanna be out here. I wanna have my own power, my own water, my own cold beverages, a grill to cook <laughs> on. And, you know, I can spend two, three, four days out there with nobody bothering me. So, so most of what we're doing is kind of that, yeah, lifestyle of living in the off-grid camp life. Man, and especially up there, that uh, that's got to fly big time because so many people are into that. That's where they kind of go for it. Uh, and there's some great getaway spots where you're at. Um, answer me this. When you're thinking about what drivetrain to put in there, uh, which way to go, what is you know sort of the, the baseline cost for something like this? Because I'm sure a lot of people are listening and think, well, I know where, uh, you know, I happen to know where there's a 73 Scout at, uh, along with a 73 Scout pickup truck, if you imagine that, the the little short cab pickup trucks uh, that you're really hard to find. A anyway, what does something like that typically start at, um, and where does it kind of go to if you're if you're thinking big time? Yeah, the um, the common answer I give to folks because they want to know, yeah, what if I want a diesel or what if I want a V8? I tell them really the price doesn't change much. It's usually 30 to 40,000 between parts and labor. So we're buying new engines, we're buying new transmissions, we're putting premium stuff in there because again, we're, we're thinking about reliability when you're away from support. So we don't skimp out and we don't put low end stuff. We tend not to use like junkyard motors and things like that. That's just asking for trouble. So if we're talking a new diesel or a new, you know, crate motor from one of the big names, yeah, it's, it's kind of a mid thirties type of a project just to do the powertrain conversion. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, but I'm thinking, you know, if you're going to go out and spend, you probably can't get a forerunner for $30,000 nowadays. Um, <laughs> Not this but it, no, it, if you, if you're going out and spending 40 to 50, right. But yet you have, you know, this old scout that you can get your hands on or, you know, whatever, Bronco, you know, um, any sort of old, you know, for me, it would be a Dodge Ram Charger. I love those old things. Um, you know, but you could drop, you know, $40,000 into and be under what you would be that used, you know, uh, acquiring, you know, an, uh, I don't know, a uh, forerunner or something like that. Why not go that route? I, I feel like that's a that's a great avenue for a lot of people, especially 
at that price point, given what they're going to get on the on the end of it. Yeah, that's kind of what I think. I mean, I'm biased, of course, but I like the truck that has a little style, a little character. You get the modern technology in it, right? So you're not making big compromises. And uh, as I was saying earlier, I, I think from a value standpoint, yours is not going to depreciate like a new car is. So it's it's a pretty cool, unique rig. It's got all the capability, and it's going to be desirable five years from now. Yeah, super cool, man. Super cool. Well, let's, I'll tell you what. Let's take a break, man. We come back more. Uh, you got to talk about this diesel uh, Bronco you did, this Godzilla project I see in your shop uh, that's utterly ridiculous. We've got to talk about, you know, Broncos, especially like the 69, the 70s, those have always been big money. Now, all of a sudden, the 90s Broncos are bringing big money? Shut up. We'll be back in just a minute on the Two Guys Garage podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I'm Willie B. Back in just a minute. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. We have Douglas DeLong on from Well Sorted Automotive. Now, the name kind of says it all, Well Sorted Automotive. Uh, i got to tell you, man, he lives up in the mountains in Colorado. It's basically a fun house. It's, uh, if you've never been wheeling, if you've never been out seriously four-wheeling, I do a lot of rock climbing, rock crawling. Uh, that's like death at two miles an hour. It's one of the funnest things you could absolutely do. Uh, Douglas, we're talking some of these old-school platforms and how you're saving and bringing them back to life. There is something nostalgic, something cool, something unique about putting new modern power drivetrain in something with old school lines, old school metal, uh, and that old school look because everybody loves it. It's just different. Yeah, absolutely. I, it's like you pop the hood and people are expecting some you know, old carburetor motor and leaking fluids everywhere. And then they see, wait a minute, that that's not what came in that truck, is it? And you're like, no, that's, you know, that's an LS or that's a coyote crate motor or something. And, you know, it sounds good. It looks good. It doesn't stink. stink it doesn't leak. It's a, it's a different uh, experience when you get behind the wheel of one of those and everybody's like, man, this thing drives like a new car. Well, and then, you know, on the flip side, as soon as you hit the trail, it's starting to do you know, things that it never probably could have done before between, you know, the powertrain upgrades, suspension upgrades. Uh, so it's just another kind of, whoa, I never seen an old Land Cruiser, you know, be able to do that, you know, along with carrying all the cool gear and getting you new places. Uh, you know, a lot of us are familiar with obviously the LS swaps and Hemi swaps and Coyotes, but talk about a little bit of the diesel side of things. Cause that's a little bit out of the wheelhouse of a lot of hot rodders, but obviously there's a lot to be you know, had with a, a diesel powertrain in any kind of truck or rig like that. Yeah, for sure. So a couple of years back, Cummins released a crate engine they call the R2.8. And it's a four-cylinder turbo diesel that's essentially the replacement for the old 4BT. Um, the old perception of diesels, you know, the 4BT was nicknamed the paint shaker because it rattles so much and it's loud and it stinks. You know, it's like nobody really likes them, but that was the choice for a lot of the trucks. And come and said, hey, we can hit this market with a modern engine. It's got, you know, common rail injection. It's got a turbocharger. It's got a computer controlled um, injection system. So it performs a lot better than the old diesels. It doesn't have black smoke puking out, you know, no matter what altitude you drive it at. So it's sort of it's changing the perception around a modern diesel in a classic truck, you know. You can um, you can do like older Cummins six cylinder swaps and they're cool and then you can start to get into the six sevens now and the common rail six sevens that are coming out of trucks so more and more folks are like hey I want that diesel performance I want that torque when I'm carrying a bunch of weight um, but they didn't want that old rattly stinky diesel that was out there and you know technology today is allowing us to basically get away from that and go with these new engines. Now what'd you put in Godzilla the the Bronco you did and your highlight on your site there's a lot of videos online about it. 
Uh, the Godzilla is actually a gasoline engine. That's uh, near and dear to Kev's heart, probably. It's a new big block from Ford. So they came out a couple of years back with this engine for the F-250, F-350 that said, hey, I just want a big block, man. I want a modern big block V8. So it's got all the best tech in terms of engine design and development. Uh, it's a gasoline engine, so it's a little uh, less complicated than a diesel. And they started selling them as a crate motor. So we uh, we picked up one to do for ourselves. We we're going to do an in-house shop build, and then we got a customer to do the same thing. So we've got two seventy-nine Broncos going together now with this this engine, and it's, I mean, it's like four hundred and forty horsepower factory, you know, with with no touching on it. And there's guys making six hundred to a thousand out of them without even thinking about it. It's got tons of potential. Uh, the challenge right now is there's not a lot of aftermarket parts for it, so figuring out how to install it, how to run it how to mate it to transmissions and transfer cases has been a little bit challenging, but we're kind of getting our system down and we're getting our parts list down so that we can set them up for, you know, it's going to work great for all the big trucks, all the big Broncos, all the older Ford F-250s, anything like that. It's like an awesome swap engine for. Have you got one of those up and running yet? Have you got one out on the trail to kind of do the final comparison? You know, when you think about just, you know, complexity, durability, just performance in different aspects, uh, do you got a favorite? And have you got that, all of all of those, you know, kind of through the pipeline to kind of give a full evaluation or we got to come back for some of them. We're going to have to come back on the Godzilla. That one's not done. We're uh, we got the motor and the chassis, but we haven't gotten it fired up yet. We built a lot of diesels and a lot of LS trucks. And I think personally, I like the V8s. Uh, I like the driving aspect of a V8 where you have some low end torque and some top end power. You know, diesels are all torque, right? Bottom end torque surge but they kind of, they run out of breath, you know, 3,500 RPM. So up on the highway, they're not quite as good, I think. Um, so my personal rig is going to be usually almost always a V8. I like, you know, when you got a 5,000 pound truck, you want a 500 horsepower V8, lots of torque, lots of performance. Yeah. Good fifth gear to haul down the interstate and then a good first gear to crawl through the woods with it. You ain't going to get any arguments from me on that one, man. No, sir. That's a good call. Yeah. Hey, what's been some of the crazier builds? And where do you see this sort of shifting and going? You, you look down the pipe, you know, two, three, five, seven years out. Um, what do you see happening next? There's still a strong demand for just the modern V8s and diesels. But what we're looking around at right now is um, some of the EV stuff is out there. You know, there's guys doing EV swaps in all kinds of vehicles now. I think they're really cool to drive. They're They're fun on the road. The question in this sort of overland community we work in is, what do you do when you want to be gone for five days and how do you charge it? So you've got a kind of a fundamental battery size question and where's your charging going to be that we haven't quite sorted out if that's going to really find a home in these converted vintage trucks for overland duty. But uh, I'm trying to trying to find a customer to build one. We've got a couple of folks talking about it. And, and I think they're great for like Jeeps and Land Cruisers that are around town trucks and, you know, more closer to home. But if you want to like do like we do and you go disappear in the deserts in Utah for five days, it might not be your best choice. <laughs> yeah, I'm starting to hear a lot of chatter about the, how about particularly the off-road market, but just camping. You know, everybody's jumping on it. It's like LEDs. Everybody's got to have LED, you know, and when, you know, screens came out, even some refrigerators had little TV screens on them. It was like, what? Uh, you know, so everybody's jumping on it. I'm not quite sure, you know, where some of these things are, are going to land, but you figure if you got to pack big enough uh you might be able to run a lot of your just basics for you know a good little while out there you know because i think a lot of campers are running you know very large 12 volt batteries you know they don't they don't run a lot of heavy duty stuff for very long but if you can get a whole you know floor pan full of batteries obviously you got to sacrifice some amount of range for how long you're going to be there and and use it all up 
but it could be an interesting space over the next, you know, five or 10 years. For sure. The, uh, some of the new hybrid vehicles, you know, have integrated 110 volt plugs that like in the bed of the Ford, the hybrid truck, I think. And people are really looking at that as far as how do we run accessories and do cool stuff with that. Um, the question, the challenge to a guy like me and our company is how do we integrate that much tech into an old rig? And, and, you know, it's a very complicated engineering problem for those hybrid systems, but we're interested in it. You know, we're looking at it. Like, how do you, how do you put a lithium ion battery pack under the floor? Yeah. And either it's a full EV and you kind of figure out your range question, or it's a, it's some sort of hybrid where you're like, Hey, I want to run uh, you know, an electric fridge and my wife wants to run her hair dryer and I'm going to fire up the coffee maker in the morning and we're going to do it for five days. You know, what size of pack? Hey man. You, you got to look up this thing called a generator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <but> it, <laughs> a generator? Everything you need, man. Power for days. <laughs> Pull the cord, man. Hit the start button. You're good. <laughs> Simple, bro. Problem solved. What else? <laughs> um, but serious, out of all these old rigs and things you've been able to build and, and you know, sort of save put back into motion again uh what are some of the the coolest ones if you were to tell people hey if you go find this truck or this platform in these years man you'll always have something that will be worth you know it's weight in gold but yet really different out on the trail that is always a conversation piece because in the end that's what people that do this stuff really want yeah it's hard to beat the first gen bronco or the first gen fj40 land cruiser right i mean the values have gone nuts on those so pretty much anything you want to do, you're going to have a great truck and you're going to have a very valuable truck that everybody loves. So definitely like those a lot. We just did one. Uh, we put a diesel in it, Cummins diesel in, and we converted it to coil spring suspension. And man, it's this little Land Cruiser and I just love driving it. It's super nice, way better ride, way better handling and steering. That's a truck. I'm going to have to rebuild it for myself one of these days because it's super cool. Um, you get into the more unique stuff, like the lower volume stuff, you know, scouts are cool. There's just not as many of them and a lot of them rust in the ground. So I always like to see people building different stuff. Uh, we've got a, a guy talking to us. We're getting a project plan going for in a Suzu Vehicross. You guys remember what those are? Oh yeah, man. Wasn't that the first like survivor or something had that on? Like it was some kind of goofy, like, you know, it looked like a kind of a car, but it had a little bit of clearance and some wheels to it. <laughs> Uh, I think that thing didn't it uh didn't it have a tent that came out the back of it you could use like the Aztec or something not too far after that. <laughs> I think you're yeah you're thinking of the Aztec Via Cross is this two door kind of round body little weird little four by four and this guy wants me to put a 500 horsepower LS in one. Do that so that'll <laughs> <laughs> that'll be a conversation starter on the trail for sure. Yeah, yeah no doubt, no doubt. Hey, oh, I man. saw a, I saw I was wheeling one time and saw an Eagle one of those um, early edition Eagles. Uh, up wheeling. It had, you know, 35s on it and crazy clearance. The whole bottom of the car was skid plated. Dude put a lot of money in it. Uh, but just sometimes on the trail, you'll get surprised why what comes around the bend. Uh, and, and it, you know, just given what you're throwing your, your art, artistry at and, and your, your builds at, uh, I, I bet I'm going to come across some of your rigs here for long. Uh, it's just cool in, in a lot of ways. Uh, and these these trucks are out there, albeit a little more difficult to find. It's tough tough now to find an old Bronco, but man, there's a lot of old Scouts and a lot of uh, you know these old full size Broncos that are really turning the corner on value. Um, obviously, we've talked to several people in podcasts before about how much the old Chevy Blazers have popped off in value. But even now, some of the early you know '90s offerings, mid '90s, you see those trucks really coming up in value too. So. Trucks are where it's at, man. Getting out and getting, you know, one with nature out on the trail is really, it's just exploded in the last few years. Absolutely. I, 
I was, you know, owned a vintage Mustang for a long time. I loved it. But at the end of the day, when I got a cool old truck, then I can throw my wife and kid in and we can go do fun stuff as a family. I think that's what the market is starting to show is people are like, Hey, I want something cool, but it's got to have some utility, you know? So that's really led to this surge in vintage four by fours and kind of outfitting them with gear and making them usable, you know, fun, classic vehicles. Yeah. It's been fun watching Doug. Cause we are on the same, same mind, mind, uh, mind waves, whatever, the same kind of path, uh, really into road racing. Uh, I know you did a little bit of drag racing like myself way back in the day, uh, but real road racing, hot rods, vintage stuff. Uh, and all of a sudden you just, you took this hard left uh, and went truck uh, and, and you've been going full on and you've been really enjoying Trader. it. Yeah, but it's, it's <laughs> great to watch. You even taken it so far uh, to compete and run for the first and second time in the Baja 1000. Uh, and every time I talk to you, man, you're, you're never looking back. You're never regretting uh, getting into this sort of slightly different space because uh, you were SCCA racing vintage class since you were a kid. Uh, so everything's been on track. Uh, so it, it says a lot about that kind of arena uh, when somebody's been so gripped with the asphalt uh, to be now, you know, pretty much rock and dirt uh, and, and live in this kind of lifestyle and this sort of dream uh, th there's a lot going on in there, man. It it's it's a really cool area that uh, I'm jealous of. I can't wait. Maybe someday I can get myself parked out <laughs> in Colorado or somewhere close. <laughs> um, and yeah, even though I got my little glamping camper, uh, it's great for just parking at the trailhead and getting a bunch of miles in. But I, I do dream about um, you know building up my kind of off-road rig that I can just ditch the trailer and just kind of motor. Really cool to watch, uh, you know, your progression and how much you're enjoying it. I'm jealous. Well, thanks, Kev. Yeah, it's been, it, <laughs> it's been a, it's a new experience. You know, once I moved out to the mountains, it's like, ah, oh, this is a new way to play. Let's try this. And yeah, we've had a lot of fun doing all kinds of stuff. You know, Colorado mountains, Utah, the West are a big playground. And, you know, I, I got trucks for camping. I got a race car for racing in the desert. I got myself a Polaris Razor for going fast around town and in the trails around here. You know, it's like, you, you know how we are. It's just like, let's get a new toy every year and try something different. Well, I tell you what, we are definitely going to have to bring you back to talk about Baja. Because, uh, you know, there, we, can, we can bring in, you know, Robbie Gordon and longtime racers and such. But, um, you know, there's a lot of folks just sitting on the sidelines going, man, that looks so cool. You know, if I could only ever do that. And, and here you're, I mean, I'm going to call you a regular guy. Uh, it might not be true, but you're a regular guy, you know, hardworking dude. And uh, you were able to figure out kind of the route to get into Baja. The first time you ran in your class, you pretty much won your class, right? Yeah, we won our class a couple of years back. It was my first outing. First time at Baja 1000. So we got to get some of that That's scoop awesome. and some of that story. Like, how do you even prep? What kind of rig? Uh, what are you thinking the whole way through? So this is another segue. Uh, I'm just going to set it up for another podcast here down the road because uh, I've only gotten some of the story and pieced together, but uh, I'm ready to dive in and, and uh, you know, pepper you with some great questions and see what you come up with. For sure, man. It's a great story. It's a great experience. And yeah, I highly recommend it to folks, but we can talk more about that on the next episode. And well, next episode, it will be Well-Sorted Automotive. Make sure you go check that out. Where do people find you socially? Uh, and let me just... Um, tell you what i found out online I, I hopped online to see where the scout prices were at and uh i found what i consider to be the upper echelon uh here's a 1973 international harvester scout a mere two hundred and sixty nine thousand dollars. we'll take that rig 
So just saying, yeah, the value of those have really <laughs> blown up lately. <laughs> Jesus. Um, uh, but yeah, man, where do people find you socially, bro? Give us the give us the places, the spot you work. Yeah, sure. Our website's really easy. It's just wellsorted.com. Um, we're on Instagram and Facebook under Well Sorted Automotive. And then we started a YouTube channel also under Well Sorted Automotive where I'm kind of posting videos of our builds. A lot of it's like, you know, kind of the engineer mindset, like how the heck do we do this? So you get to follow along as we build some of these cool trucks and see what it takes to actually stuff these things together. So checks out anywhere there. And uh, yeah, I'd love to have folks like and comment and follow along as we go through this. You got some good videos up of the Godzilla Bronco build, the uh, the, the truck you guys are building with that new Ford offering. I can't wait to see that thing done, man. It looks it looks good so far. Sounds good, Willie. I, I would welcome you to come out for a visit and drag Bird out here one of these days, huh? <laughs> hey, I come up there, man. Amen. I, I'll, uh, Amen. Next time I'm up there in that area, I'll definitely stop by because I go up there uh, quite often. It's a pretty cool spot for sure. Absolutely. So there you go, man. Hey, don't forget about show air weekends on the Motor Trend Network. Check your local listings. Also available in Motor Trend Streaming, which is always, you know, on demand is a great way to find us. You know, even if you don't, you know, subscribe, it's a great way to find it. Spread it around. Share it with your friends. Um, thanks to our producer, Scoop, our executive producer, Bob Ecker. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. We'll catch you on the next one. Yeah, don't forget to check out our website, twoguysgarage.com. Share your thoughts with us. We're everywhere on social, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Two Guys Garage. Now, the Two Guys Garage podcast is copyright 2022, Brenton Productions Incorporated. All rights reserved. Hey, Douglas, before we go, man, you never mentioned anything about those Ram chargers. You ever done one of those? I personally haven't. One of my employees built one with a 12-valve Cummins on 40s. It was a badass rig, but he sold it a couple of years back. But uh, we could do another one, Willie. Oh, man, bring, that was bring it. Bring us one, Willie. Yep, yep. You got the rest of <laughs> I love those things, man. I love them. All right. On 40s. On That's 40s. how mine was. That's right. It was gorgeous. On 40s, rocking it. <laughs> All right. Take care, Douglas. We appreciate it, man. Thanks, guys. I'll talk to you later. All right, man. I had fun on this one. I hope you guys did, too. We'll have to catch you on the next Two Guys Garage podcast. Two Guys Garage Podcast is a production of Britain Productions. For more episodes, visit iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.